651-989-5855. Lawyer extraordinaire, Def O'Brien, our in-house legal counsel. Good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Fantastic. Thank you for joining us. So talk, talk, talk a little bit about, well, talk about what transpired this week. Let's get off of the, uh, we'll get away from the, from the storming of the Capitol. Uh, and let's talk a little bit about the lawsuit you had put in place and then subsequently the, the, uh, the, the reaction from, from Governor Tim Walls. And we even have further, uh, further news with that. Uh, Pioneer Press is a story this morning we can get into. No, mo- no more emergency powers, question mark. Walls outlines path to end COVID-19 authority. But, but jump back to Monday and the lawsuit you had put together and what happened afterward. Yeah, well, actually, got to jump back further to last spring. You remember when he first shut all the bars and restaurants down, and then it was about May twentieth. Everybody expected the announcement that he was going to reopen. He didn't, and we started we started working on a, on a lawsuit back then. Um, and the the governor and his and Commissioner Grove had gotten wind of it as there were diplomatic negotiations going on about ending the shutdown, and it was. Uh, it, it, the, you know, the commissioner grows that we don't want litigation, and, and we had everything ready to go and file, ready to be filed on a Thursday night. We were told, hold off. Um, there's going to be an announcement tomorrow at 2, wait until after the announcement, and that's when he went to 50% then. And so this is the thing. And so we were in our lawsuit then was, was, was a, 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 the, we weren't challenging his emergency powers authority. We were saying, though, there's a provision in those statutes that says you can't violate a provision of the Minnesota state constitution. We have an equal protection clause in our state constitution. And we said to treat, you know, to pick winners and losers and treat some businesses differently than others was a violation of that, of that uh, equal protection clause. And so this new lawsuit, we, which we started working on actually right after the, he shut them down again, right before Thanksgiving. And we were starting to analyze data and figuring out how we were going to thread the needle on this. Cause there've been a lot of cases since then. Where you know the the governor has won, but we thought we thought we had a good argument, kind of challenging the the contact tracing data that he's been gathering, or is the MDH has been gathering, where they're skewing it, they're cooking the books towards bars and restaurants. They aren't asking questions about did you go to the grocery store, did you go to get your hair done, did you go to um, the dentist, did you go to Home Depot? They're asking, did you go to a bar and restaurant? Mm. Um, you know, so of course they've got data on bars and restaurants and how many, what percentage, but they don't, but. You know, there were less than 2% of the cases. That means that there's more than 98% of the cases that weren't at a bar or restaurant. <laughs> and so we, the, we, we, the governor was on notice last week. We had some, some uh, emissaries that had put that had told them on a conference call this lawsuit was coming, and they kind of had this wait-and-see attitude. And so we filed it on Monday um, and, and served the attorney general. And on behalf of 27 separate bars and restaurants, and the same arguments, equal protection. And within an hour, the word broke that he was going to call this press conference for Wednesday and loosen restrictions. And then he did, uh, and then he basically, and then we got an email from the, uh, assistant attorney general who was handling the case right after the, the, the after the announcement saying, here's a copy of the order. As you can see, it gave you everything you wanted. Will you be dismissing your lawsuit without prejudice? So for whatever reason, the magic bullet is apparently uh, larger restaurant operators represented by law, you know good law firms and funded um, willing to challenge his, his 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 orders not on constitutional grounds necessarily but on equal uh, on equal protection uh, grounds and they, he does not want a judge to adjudicate that issue so every time we file or we get close to filing it or, or file it he pulls back so we, a lot of lawyers are listening. 
<laughs> we let the uh, we let the uh, attorney general know that we were dismissing it without prejudice, meaning we can file it again. And we told them we'll be watching his actions closely, and if he does it again, we'll do it again. Is there any? It doesn't sound like there is, but I'll ask you anyways. Is there any doubt in your mind that that they're not attached? That he was going to do this anyways, and it was happenstance that you filed the lawsuit and he did it, or are you? What is your level of confidence that it was about this lawsuit that he ended up making this change? I think that you know there was another there was another lawsuit brought within a few hours after ours for um, the 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 amusement. Uh, you know, association, the music and, and, and music association, or amusement association, MoMA, and some bowling alleys and stuff. I think the two lawsuits combined was the nail in the coffin. Mm. I think he, because I, 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 I know because there had been diplomatic efforts going with his administration even up through uh, New Year's Eve, and um we, we, this was a last resort you know nobody wants to file a, a lawsuit against the governor they're not easy to you know you don't it's it's a tough road to hoe suing the government right so we tried every option to 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 get those diplomatic relations to work so they weren't working and so i think that i do think it, it played a significant role in in pushing him towards loosening the restrictions back up from the uh, Pioneer Press, Walls said yesterday he was outlining for legislative leaders a legal framework that they should set before he'd consider ending the state's peacetime emergency for COVID-19 and abandoning his emergency powers. Man, I just, I hate the wording of all of this. You know, just the, you know, you make me happy. You know, in the letter to four legislative uh, leaders, Walls asked that they set a uh, set-in uh, statute, a mask mandate protection for workers and for for consumers, an eviction moratorium, continued flexibility for school districts, and safety standards for businesses operating dur- during, the, uh, during the pandemic. It'll be interesting to see how the GOP ends up responding uh, to, uh, you know, to these requests. Why does he want a mask mandate in, in, in law? I mean, that's, yeah, that, that's my question. I, re- I read through it. First of all, I do think it's significant that he is, you know, putting it out there uh, starting to talk about ending his emergency. Yeah, I want to be heroes. Like he, hears, he almost hears the footsteps, right? Yeah, that it's coming, um, and that the and that 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 he may be losing the, the public opinion may be against him running around, you know, unilaterally running our state government. Um, but I, I do. I, I hope somebody questions the governor as to what does it mean enacted into law? Mm-hmm. I mean, are you talking a permanent mask mandate? Are you talking about a permanent eviction moratorium? What what exactly do you mean? It was it was a like I said, I, I took it as a as a a good sign that he was talking about ending the powers, that he's not going to cling to continue to cling to them. But I want to know more about what he, what what is it's almost like the you know the the hostage taker and his list of demands. What are what do you mean by all this stuff? He says here um, this will be needed to facilitate the wind down of the peacetime emergency and related emergency executive orders at a time when the pandemic presents a less significant and rapidly evolving challenge to Minnesota. If we're going to wind down. The, we don't need to wind down the peacetime emergency declarations. You just end them, Governor Walls. 
but he right. but he wants the impact. He wants the he wants some of the things to stay in place. And clearly, a mask mandate is one of them. And the, to the best of my knowledge, I don't think he's ever given any sort of metrics or goalposts that have to be met to be able to say, okay, you don't have to wear a mask in a grocery store or at a restaurant or in an office building anymore. You know, to, to what I would say is, you know, in the, in the early in early on in this, the governor was when he, when he announced all these, you know, the emergency declared the emergency and announced these restrictions, had asked citizens of this state to trust him, but he never seems to reciprocate and go the other way and trust the citizens no. to do what's right and what's safe. You know, I mean, I uh, you don't think a business is going to put up a the ask to I see business all the way to say no mask, no service. And it's because they don't want an outbreak among, amongst their their staff or their customers. So I, I think it's a little bit disingenuous at this point that he's now listing this as, you know, demands that these have things have to be enacted into law. It's like, you know what, Governor? Trust us. We, we, you know, we'll, the, the, the citizens of this state will do the right thing and, we'll, and are not trying to try to – we're going to do things that minimize the impact of this. Well, you know what? I, I'm I'm down with this conversation with the legislature and laying out some guidelines. But I hope the legislature asks back. It's like, hey, there's a vaccine. Like, where is it? Where can we go and get it? Because I know in other places around the country, you can you can like get it. Yeah, in New York, they've got vaccines that are expiring because they they don't want to they don't want to be faced with a million dollar fine from Governor Cuomo by vaccinating somebody who's not in the right place of the hierarchy. But in Florida, we just saw a Chiron this morning. In Florida, you can go to Publix, which is like their you know it's one of their grocery store chains. If you haven't been south, you can go to you can go to a grocery store and get a vaccine because they actually have a competent governor who understands that the quicker you vaccinate the, the as many people as possible the closer you get to that herd immunity and it becomes not a problem anymore I don't, I don't well, bear in mind bear in mind the, the 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 more people the closer the more people you vaccinate the uh the 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 less of a need there is for him to run around with these emergency powers so he could you know intentionally dragging his feet on the vaccine distribution through january 13th so he can get another 30-day extension yeah and i don't don't even know no one's even talking about it i mean we still get the daily covid case you know death count Mm -hmm. but what happened i thought all the what happened to him what happened to the box that he was staring at so intently in those staged photographs of him first box of vaccines is here Was was that all we got was a box we got one box, mm-hmm. and we just—I know this is not. Sounds like, sounds like, you, sounds but... like a good occasion for the, the the Minnesota Senate to maybe hold some hearings into hmm. to this issue, including uh, maybe talk to the uh, Commissioner Jan Malcolm about whether or not that uh, they should keep her. Yeah, that's a good. That's yeah, that's a that, that's a good suggestion. <laughs> hey, real quick, uh, I just want to I want to throw this out there. We talked about it briefly, uh, and I know this is up your alley. But the Food and Drug Administration did announce late last week that it has reversed its position and will not seek to charge distillers who shifted to making hand sanitizer amid the coronavirus-driven shortages. They were talking about a $14,000 fine for operating as drug facilities, and thankfully the FDA has smartly reversed course and will now go will now not be punishing these distillers who decided to you know i don't know help the public by shifting the focus of what they actually did i couldn't believe they were actually considering this at all yeah i'm the fda is not my favorite agency put it that way <laughs> um the you know yeah i have a few clients that that did 
you know, do their part, step up and, and, and made the hand sanitizer when there was a shortage of it. And yeah, it's like no good deed goes unpunished. So it shouldn't always take, you know, outrage on social media for the, for the government to reverse course on stupid things. They should, they should think about this. They should be proactive and make, you know, make these changes on their own. Now they've, they've imposed, they've enacted, they've created an exemption um, through, I think, 2022 or something, or, or as long as it was like, with a certain period after the public emergency ends that, um, that, that fee won't apply. But still, it's just, you know, use your heads, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Shifting gears, uh, talking with our lawyer extraordinaire, Jeff O'Brien. I emailed this to you this morning from Alpha News. Uh, the U.S. attorneys throughout the nation and the U.S. attorney for Minnesota are proclaiming their intention to prosecute any citizens who they can prove traveled to the U.S. Capitol Wednesday to commit criminal acts. I mean, what is the likelihood that they could ever go and actually prove that? To, to, to actually go and, 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 and try to prosecute somebody for, for traveling to, to D.C. to go and commit a, a criminal act. Yeah, I don't know how they would possibly, you know, what are they going to do, get Delta's flight roll, passenger rolls to D.C. and then question everybody as to what did you do there? Um, keep in mind, too, Maybe. that remember, U.S. <laughs> attorneys serve at the, at the um, pleasure of the president, and normally when you have a change in, in administration, the U.S. attorneys resign and the new president appoints his or her new choices. So this could be jockeying for job security. They may want President like Biden or to uh to keep him on after after January twentieth. Never 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 underestimate the uh the uh the, the the allure of a government job and and and, and you know wanting to keep those jobs. Well, a lawyer extraordinaire, Jeff O'Brien, uh, thank you not only for coming on the program and sharing your time and expertise with us, but thank you for, uh, and actually, you know, I'm going to read Rob Dorr's tweet because I thought he, he, he phrased it really well. Thank you for using the law and the courts in an intelligent way to help restore, uh, some, some degree of equal protection. Uh, this is one of the, one of the first and few occasions that we've had in the last nine months with this governor where we've actually found a pressure point that, that that moves the needle with him a little bit. So excellent work, Jeff O'Brien. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. And I, and I hope that uh, what we did iced him on, on, on thinking about doing this again. And we, we, we communicated that as such to his, to his, to the attorney general that, you know, if, if he tries it again, we'll be right back at him. So I hope he's learned his lesson. I hope he's listening. Jeff O'Brien. We'll talk to you soon, man. Take care. Sounds good. Thanks guys.